0: to the cowboy entrepreneur show created and hosted by scott knutson to explore the crossroads of horses and business now here's your host scott knutson hi and welcome to the cowboy entrepreneur show i'm your host scott knutson whether you're listening to us on the radio on nbc our affiliate out in california kcaa or watching our podcast on one of our many platforms we appreciate you and please don't forget to subscribe to our youtube channel cowboy entrepreneur. Today we have a very uh, fun show for you. Um, he, he was a referral and I'm so glad he was and we're going to tell that story here shortly. Um, he is a founder and president of TK Pro Rodeo and his name is Tyler Kijak. Tyler, thank you so much for being on the show. You bet. Thanks for having me, Scott. Man, I was, so I was in Las Vegas um, at the national finals and Dr. Anderson was talking to me and he was like, man, I got the perfect guy for your show. He is—he's uh, a hard worker, and he's coming up in the industry. And, and we talked about you, and, and uh, so that's high praise coming from Dr. Anderson. Yeah,
1: no, that's that means a lot. He's been instrumental to, to, to really—he's been a part of the whole rodeo company from from the birth. So, uh, oh, wow. good feed.
0: Yeah, total feeds is great, man. That's what we feed as well. And so let's talk about you. Let's let the audience know you, the ones that don't. Um, let's talk. So, how, where did you grow up? So
1: I grew up in Michigan, uh, Union City, Michigan. It's the southwest uh, southwest part of Michigan. And anybody from Michigan, they use their hand as a map to to say where they're from. So I'm right in the lower palm. Uh, but <laughs> I was, until, you know, I graduated high school, so I spent a lot of
0: time up there. It's cold. Wow, man. That's awesome, man well so did you know in Michigan growing up, you wanted to be in the rodeo industry or be your own, own entrepreneur boss uh
1: well, I knew I didn't want a, a real job <laughs> i I knew <laughs> i, I, knew yeah. I awesome. you know I rodeoed uh you know and I grew up on a, a small farm there, you know a hundred acre farm and and we put up commercial uh square bills of hay. And so I I knew some things for certain. I knew I didn't want to touch another square bale of hay for the rest of my life. And I knew I didn't want a real job. And so rodeoing was what I thought I was going to, you know, pursue full time as a contestant. And, uh, you know, I I received a full ride rodeo scholarship to go to college. Uh, And so college took me to uh, Wyoming, uh, Powell, Wyoming, Northwest College and uh, when I got there, I realized I didn't like school near as much as rodeo. So rodeo was still the constant for me, uh, and I decided I wanted to, to, to rodeo full-time, and so um, growing up in Michigan, the IPRA, uh, all of my heroes were IPRA cowboys, and so I bought my, my rookie card, and uh, I made the IFR my first year, and uh, eating the bull riding, you know. Um, I always was a Team Roper as well, but bull riding was always my better event, and that's that's kind of what what I went with. And while rodeoing, you know, I wound up in Oklahoma. I just loved it uh, in Oklahoma.
0: That's, that's awesome, man. Well, explain what IPRA is maybe to someone that's listening that doesn't know what that means. They want to start following. So the
1: IPRA is a sanctioning body. Uh, they're based out of Oklahoma City, but their rodeos are, uh, you know, all over the country, including Canada. But it stands for International Professional Rodeo Association. And uh, the the World Finals, you know, their NFR, their Super Bowl, uh, is in Guthrie, Oklahoma at the Lazy E. And it's the third week of January, second or third week. January. Mm-hmm. Don't quote me on that, but it's coming up. Yeah. But... Nope. Coming up. And, uh, I, like I said, I grew up, I cut my teeth, you know, uh, watching the IRA Cowboys and, you know, the Michigan, Indiana, Ohio area. Uh, I, I just, that's, that's what led me to buying my IPRA permit.
0: That's awesome, man. That's awesome. I know you made the finals, I believe three times, isn't that correct?
1: Yep. yep. I got to go three times. Uh, and then, you know, I was, I was held a secondary card where I won rookie of the year. Uh, um, I, I I really enjoyed it. You know, uh, I got my feet wet in the PBR. Uh, I got to go to the velocity finals, uh, the, the and I kind of got wrecked out. Um, and that was right there, you know, at kind of the turning point when I decided that I I really had always had an interest in the rodeos, uh, like behind the scenes, you know, I always caught myself the stock contractors growing up. I had to drive them nuts because I always wanted to know like why they did and, and the production and organization of it, I always had a, a you know, a, a, a hunger for learning more about it.
0: That's awesome, man. That's cool that you were able to to participate in the sport, but at the same time, start creating your future and your business model. Well, I think
1: it gives and, a unique perspective, you know. I mean, to, to be a quality stock contractor, you know, it's about selling tickets and entertaining fans, but it's also about pleasing the contestants, and, and it's hard to yeah. if you don't know what they want,
0: you know. Bro. Right. absolutely absolutely man and, and and those guys follow you know they see you're the stock contractor bro they'll go winner right because they know it's going to be great stock it's going to be a great event and they have a chance for more money right so i love that we'll talk more about that how that goes and i, I know your social media is uh TK Pro rodeo on facebook what about your website yeah
1: tkprorodeo.com, uh and it's it's got our partners and stuff on there and it's got our schedule we haven't released this year's schedule just yet but uh i'm excited for 2023 you know it's like i I know what's in store i've got a lot of you know for sure stuff back and i'm i'm so excited to to release it to the public you know
0: that's awesome man i love the pictures i spent a lot of time on there you know knowing about the magazine performance source magazine and the show and just i love how you take people behind the scenes to what a stock contractor does and knowing the animals and the care for the animals and yeah, I appreciate that as a Western guy. You know, it's important to get those stories out there and those pictures out there for sure. So
1: no, that's it's it's all I, I like showing that. I mean it seems like on TV the Cowboy Channel's been instrumental in, in uh letting people on the recliner go to San Antonio, go to Houston, Cheyenne, the Big Road that are iconic. But still yet it seems like the missing link is like a, what I whenever I'm watching it, I'm like, I wanna see what the Vold's ranch is like. Like I wanna see but yeah. what, what they decided to, to keep back for their mayors and why they're picking this stud and, and that's stuff that interests me. And so I just think to myself, there's got to be more people that want to see that stuff.
0: Absolutely. And what's going on in Jay, Oklahoma? Right. right. <laughs> where you're based out of now. So. So how did you pick Jay, Oklahoma? So,
1: uh, you know, my wife, uh, she grew up in Jay, Oklahoma. That's not where we met, uh, you know, I guess to, to rewind a, a smidge there, uh, while rodeoing, you know, I had the family farm in Michigan still. And, you know, mm-hmm. my family, you know, my grandparents uh, on my dad's side passed away. But, you know, I never even got to meet them. Uh, and so my dad kind of raised me uh, on his own at that place. Uh, you know, my mom and dad weren't together and uh, worked a lot. But uh, I always had the family farm to, uh, I always thought I'd fall back on it. You know, I could go and rodeo. And then, you know, if if I don't make it, I, I you know, fall back on the family farm. And I guess buck them square bills that I said I'd never touch. And uh, in the midst of rodeoing, um, I, I believe I was probably 19 or 20, somewhere in there. Uh, you know, things got tight at the farm and, and my dad lost the ranch to the bank. You know, they foreclosed on it. Yeah. I had... you know, I was virtually homeless, but when you're rodeoing, you know, you're living in a van anyhow. So uh, I took everything that I had and I just mingled around Oklahoma and I just entered rodeo after rodeo after rodeo until I come across a little piece of property in slick Oklahoma. And uh, I said, man, that would be the perfect spot if that guy would lease it to me. It had a trailer house on it that you could see the concrete slab through the holes in the floor. Uh, but it had a little a little shack of a horse barn, and it had a a rough shell of a pole barn. And I thought, man, I could I could like train some horses here, something make some ends meet, and lay some roots down. And uh, that's that's what I did. So uh, I awesome. I'm not a carpenter by any means. Uh, you know, I, my dad joked and said the only thing that I knew how to do was swing a rope and, and ride bulls because I was completely. Uh, over my head on on the carpentry work of a single wide trailer house but uh that's that's where we started
0: so man i love that i appreciate you saying that and bringing that up you know i had it in my notes i'm glad you brought that up because you know when you're in that situation you're living in a van and you're trying to rodeo and just find your way how how do you have the foresight to know i'm going to do this and i'm going to be successful i'm going to start my own business because there's so many people right now listening to us or watching us at. or or where you were and they want to get that shot. How did you change your mentality? You know, I,
1: I, this is something I think back on all the time. And I, you know, I, you know, I'm not a man of the cloth or a preacher, but I believe in God. And I I think that everything happens for a reason. And, you know, I, I remember I, it was so hard, like thinking about not having a backup plan and like, what happens if I run out of money? What happens if like, I have nowhere to go. And I, I feel like you know the saying everything happens for a reason that's what like kick-started to like i have no backup plan and yeah advantage to a lot of entrepreneurs or people who you know they have a good idea but they're scared you know maybe i won't make it maybe it won't you know i, I feel like you have your eggs in too many baskets you're never putting full force into anything you know and i, and I could be wrong but for me when i didn't have a backup plan there was only one path and that was in my eyes was to succeed because if I didn't, I was going to be sleeping on the gas station bench somewhere, you know?
0: Right. Right. I I love that, man. I I love that. Um, just, just knowing you had to make it, yeah. you know, and you did it. And that's, that's so cool, man. It's It's just grit.
1: A lot easier to encounter that as a a young man, rather than a, a a full size adult or, you know, a, a mature adult that has a lot of bills and overhead. I mean, I didn't have, you know, I had a cell phone bill and, and enough gas in my i in my gear bag. You know what I mean? That's, I didn't, have, Yeah. you know, I didn't have a wife and kid counting on me or anything like that or a big house payment, you know. So I guess I lucked out there.
0: It, well, I mean, it would have been easy to go the other way not having that too, you know. I mean, you could have very easily said, hey, I don't have any bills anyway. I'm just going to go play. Sure. Well, you did. That's right. You know. That's, that's really cool. So, so do you remember your first rodeo, um, whether it was roping or bull riding, do you remember like, uh, pulling up to the first one, seeing the lights?
1: Oh man. Uh, I mean, as a little kid, you know, I mean, I entered all the little britches rodeos, but, uh, my first IPRA rodeo as a, as a permit holder, I remember it was East Lansing, Michigan. It's like five, six time indoor rodeo of the year or something. And, and I had, I'd show up, you know, I was just a a pup, you know, and I drew, uh, his name it was kung fu panda was his name and he was the reigning Bucking bull of the year and I,
0: yeah you started out right on top didn't you <laughs>
1: I, I just remember like that first time and it's a sold out crowd and the lights and the whole nine yards and the, you know the announcer doesn't pronounce your name right you know like all, just all this stuff and it's like you've rode bulls your whole life but you know you, you get to the first big one or whatever and it's like you know kind of a shell shock uh, i didn't ride him if anybody was wondering you know he
0: <laughs> but but you got on, man. What what a way to start, you know, under the lights. That's cool, man. So you're in Little Britches as well. Yep,
1: yep. So I I wound up, you know, I I had a bunch of state titles and stuff. You know, I I win the bull riding every year. I was in it the goat tying, the breakaway rope, and the team rope, and the all around. uh I I, I had a lot of Little Britches rodeos, and I I, I mean that's that's what learned me how to win and compete, you know.
0: Yeah, they do such a great job with their leadership classes and everything else they do on top of rodeo. You know, good organization. It really is. It really is. Um, So, so let's talk goat roping. So, you said you started goat roping. I started goat roping. Would you mind explaining what that's like? What that's Uh, so
1: goat roping is basically, uh, you know, it. It's like team roping scaled down. So you have two guys afoot with uh with kid ropes, and there's a goat in a chute. The one guy nods, the gate opens. And afoot, the guy heads the goat, ropes the neck of the goat, and turns him. And then another guy on foot comes in swinging and ropes the back feet, just like a team roping and run. And uh, it's really neat. You know, you do it in a little scaled down, small arena. And uh, everybody wants to compete and play in it. You know, it's a lot of fun. A lot of fun.
0: A lot of fun. So much fun. Yeah. And it's really cool, you know, cause it does help with the mechanics and getting, you know, better and stronger, oh, but, yeah. um, it's just a lot of fun. It's such a social deal too. Oh yeah, for sure. You know?
1: for sure. And, and you don't need a thousand dollar trailer and $20,000 horse to do it,
0: you know? No, man, just a rope <laughs> and a little try. I love it. I love it. So, so do you put any goat ropings into your uh, rodeos when you're going to produce? No,
1: no, that's something that that we worked ourselves out of, but I'll never forget. That's how, that's really how the rodeo company started. Uh, You know, our real first productions were goat ropings and the goat ropings transitioned into team ropings. And then I thought, well, gosh, if we're doing this, let's just go ahead and buying some bulls and horses, and, and have a full-on rodeo company. And so TK Pro Rodeo was born in Slick, Oklahoma, right after a goat roping.
0: I see. I love that, man. I love that. And I think I read somewhere you put on a, your first rodeo in your living room.
1: Yeah. Is that right? Yeah, I mean, I had all the, the toy rodeo bulls and horses and gates and panels. I mean, I probably put on 100 rodeos a year as a, as a toddler. So
0: it That's awesome, that's, that's really cool. That's really cool. We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, I want to talk a little bit about how, how you started started your business, the entrepreneurial side. Did you put a business plan together, and how did you go get those first horses and bulls yep. and the first big truck? Oh, yeah. All the exciting part about putting the puzzle together. So uh, we'll be right back on the Cowboy Entrepreneur Show with Tyler Kijak here in just one minute. Scott will be right back with more. Hi, I'm Scott Knutson, host of the Cowboy Entrepreneur Show. Heard on KCAA Fridays, 3 p.m. Pacific. I'd like to talk to you about something I'm very passionate about. Those that know me know I love my coffee. In the morning, afternoon, and even late in the evening, I enjoy a good cup of coffee almost any time of the day. Now, my team at the Cowboy Entrepreneur Show has been working for several months on creating and introducing our own brand of coffee. We wanted to make sure that we got it just right. We don't want to put our name on anything unless we're 100% certain that it's the best product available, and we've finally done it. We have created a wonderful line of coffees, 13 fantastic flavors offered in whole bean, ground, and K-cups, any way you like to brew your coffee. Now, each of our coffees carries our brand, the very same brand that we put on our horses, our trailers, and our chaps, so you know that this is a quality product. And we only use 100% Arabica beans, the very best beans available. Just listen to some of these wonderful blends and flavors. Jamaican Me Crazy, Honduran San Marcos, Chocolate Cherry Amaretto, Breakfast Blend, and my very favorite, Haley's Blend. A coffee so good, we named it after my daughter. You can order these coffees today by going online to javacowboy.com. That's javacowboy.com. And if you order today, you can get an extra 10% off your final purchase just by entering the promo code COWBOY on checkout. Remember, that's promo code COWBOY for an extra 10% off. Just go to javacowboy.com to order your coffee today. Hello, I'm Scott Knutson, host of the Cowboy Entrepreneur Show. I want to tell you about a product I've tried and I love and I feel the Cowboy Entrepreneur audience will as well. It's Rebellious Infusions. Rebellious infusions. There are little packets of flavor. And you know, it gets hot in South Texas, over 100 degrees every day. And I like my water, but it's water. So I use these infusions, put them in my water. It makes it cold. It's great flavor, zero sugar, zero calories. It's pure energy infusions. Rebellious infusions. Go to drinkrebellious.com or on all social media platforms. Drink Rebellious. Welcome back to the Cowboy Entrepreneur Show. I'm your host, Scott Knutson, with Tyler Key Jacob. Uh, he is the founder and president of TK Pro Rodeo. And uh, let's, we were talking goat roping, but I, I love this story. And, and Tyler, if you'll please share this with the audience on why you put on team rope or, or goat ropings, why the importance of it. Yeah,
1: so a lot of people ask, you know, how did you start the rope company? How, why'd you start the goat ropings? Well, the truth was when I moved to Flick, Oklahoma, I didn't, I was broke. I, I didn't have any furniture. I told you, you know, the, I could see the concrete slab below the trailer house. And I did have these two saddle horses that I was trying to sell and I wasn't having good luck selling them. I, you know, I was posting them online. I couldn't get people to, to come and buy them. You know, they were rope horses and I thought, how can I sell these horses? That was kind of my business plan to, you know, pay the bills. I was going to sell some horses and I couldn't get them sold. And I thought, they're, they're too good looking and pretty looking not to sell. I just need to get them in front of the right people, but I didn't know how mm-hmm. and I was driving down the road and I looked out the passenger side window and there was a whole flock of goats, just a whole herd of these goats. And I thought, man, what if I had a ropin, a goat roping? And while all these ropers I'm, I'm now I'm bringing the people I'm trying to sell these horses to, to my place and I'm gonna subtly have these horses tied up in the background, slicked off, looking good. By the end of the night, surely I'll sell one horse, or if nothing else, I'll get some leads. And so I spent all the money that I had uh, framing up. I mean, the goat roping arena was atrocious that first one we had. I mean, cattle, panties, plywood, and and uh, you know, I, I built this goat roping arena. I'm like, well, now I need the goat. so I stopped at that that place. I knocked on the door, an old lady answered the door, and I said, hey, you know, I, I'd really like to see about leasing some goats. I didn't, of course, I didn't have the money to buy them. I was going to try to lease them, and I was hoping to pay the lease after the roping because I sure didn't have it up front, and uh,
0: yeah. if I
1: don't own them, the man that does, his name's is McNeil, and Pegasus McNeil was instrumental in my success still to this day, but I didn't know it at the time. She said, here's the man's number. Call him and see if you can lease him, so I called the guy. Knowing no idea who this guy is, I think he just owns some goats. Uh, He turns out to be one of the biggest cattle starter in the country, huge broodmare program. He's a big-time cowboy, you know, back over there. And I said, hey, I'm wanting to lease some goats uh, for a goat roping to sell some horses. And he says, you know, he repeats it back. He said, what are you talking about? I said, I I need goats to rub. And, I, and I'm going to try to sell some horses. And he says, okay. You know, he asked a couple questions about it. And I said, I don't I don't have the money to pay you uh, up front, but I, I'll give you my word. I'll pay you afterwards. He says, I tell you what, you go over there. Anything that you can gather, uh, you can take to the roping and the rope, And You call me the next day and we'll, we'll go over it. So I did. I spent the last money I had getting fuel to get the goats and putting the flyers around town and, and stuff for this goat roping, not knowing if a single soul was going to show up that night. And by gosh, when the goat roping was supposed to start, we had hundreds of teams. I sold both horses that we had for sale. And I thought, I think we're on to something here, you know. <laughs> I quit selling the horses and just kept putting the goat ropings on because they made more money than the the two horses put together that I sold. And so, of course, you know, the next day that Pecos McNeil calls me, you know, right at 7 in the morning. Well, how'd the goat roping go? I said, great. He said, did you sell them horses? I said, I sure did. He says, I'll be damned. And he just he couldn't believe it. And so we hit it off as friends. and I started day working and starting cattle for him and uh, riding some horses for him. Uh, and, and he, he had a big network of people that he introduced me to early on.
0: How great is that? I love that story, man. I love the, the grit there. And I love how he took a shot with you, you know, and, 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 and you know, being someone like that, you know, you. You, I'm sure he couldn't wait to be seven o'clock in the morning to call you to see how you did, because everybody's been in that spot, you know, and I'm sure he was rooting for you all now. Oh, yeah.
1: I, I, I still to this day, I don't think he thought it was going to work, but uh, I'm <laughs> I, I just as shocked as him, really. But,
0: Oh, man. How cool. Was, what, <laughs> so what did you think when you saw so many people showing up to rope at it? Did you think, oh, my goodness, you know, you went from one thing with not anyone showing up to now everybody's showing no, up, you know, it's a different set of problems. Yeah,
1: and and I thought to myself, you know, after, you know, the 30th car is pulling in, the 40th car, the 50th car, well, gosh, I didn't think, I, I don't know where to park everybody, you know, and they just kept showing up, kept showing up. And I thought, man, uh, I think this goat roping deal, you know, and money is transferring hands up there at the entry booth. I thought, I, I think we're on to something here.
0: Yeah. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. So, so as you started to grow, um, TK pro rodeo, what, and you starting to get the bigger trucks and you're getting, you know, how did you start your business plan to put that in motion to advance, you know, from the goat that first
1: year that we really started putting on ropings, we had had a full year of goat roping behind us. And I, I thought, you know, and I was still competing on, you know, I was in the top 15 in the world now I'm in the bull riding. And I, I was like, man, I, it would really be nice to have some secondary income and, and have some rodeos. And so the very first year I had uh, an old, it was a 1999 Ford truck and a 28 by 6 pipe trailer that we rattle canned brown. Uh, and, I, and I didn't own any, any cattle. You know, I leased my rope and steers and was having some jackpots. Um, and so I, I bought a handful of bulls with that Pecus McNeil, you know, he went in partners on that first group of bulls with me and we subleased all the other stock out. You know, we had guys bring calves that day and I subbed all the trucking out, you know, I didn't have any means or, or way to get the cattle or, or anything there. Um, and nobody would hire us. No committee was
0: paying us to come do the rodeo. We were leasing. Mm. Wow. So. You know, that's that's
1: we started with no trucks, you know, no semis, no big trailers, uh, you know, so it it didn't start PK professional like, you know, it started. Let's just get the rodeos uh, that we can and and go from there. But, um, you know, the first semi that I bought uh, was a guy named Matt McGee in Waycross, Georgia. Um, and I, and I bought a 40 foot pipe trailer that went with it and I thought, man, I'm big timing now, you know,
0: (laughs) yeah man
1: I I remember that first purchase and, you know, of course we, we had a line of credit on it and, uh, I I just remember how proud I was of that dang semi. And looking back, it was just a, it was just kind of a cobbed up semi that we were pulling a pipe trailer with, you know,
0: but man, it's your first one that's big, you know, and, So did you, when you put the puzzle together, did you say, I need to go get one big truck, one small trailer? How did you, or was it, hey, we need this to go to the rodeo. Let's go get this. Was it more of a plan or was it more whenever the opportunity arose?
1: So, you know, something that to this day in my business plan, I I think that I'm doing that nobody else in my sector, meaning like the the four state area putting on IPRA rodeos, we're we're selling what I call the sizzle. I consider myself more of a, a showman than just a stock contractor. You know, there's a lot of guys that I feel like, you know, they put on the rodeo and their only concern is the contestants. You know, they don't care about the flair and the pizzazz. But to me, like, just because they're not PRCA rodeos, professional rodeo cowboys rodeos, doesn't mean that they should be treated amateurly. You know, we can put a professional rodeo on, uh, whether it's an open rodeo or a sanctioned rodeo or wherever it is, and so, yeah, there was always a plan in place. Uh, you know, it was it was really more about the more stock that we start owning, the bigger trucks and the bigger trailers we're needing. So I kind of kept that in balance. Where today we own everything. You know, we you know yeah. we own the horses, the bulls, the steers, and the calves. And the reason is is you know when we were subleasing them, we couldn't control the quality. You know, we were really right. a, whoever we're leasing them from is mercy. You know, if the calves showed up and they're a little sick or they're a little too small or big, you know, we couldn't control it.
0: Right. Well, I, I like how you control it now. That's, that, that's everything, you know, because you can't sell something. It's hard to sell something. With If comp- you don't know what Yeah, it, it really is. It yeah. really is. And I love what you said about selling the sizzle too, because I think it's important for our industry to get, New viewers in and get people wanting to watch because you never know where that new person is going to take hold and want to be the next Tyler Keyjack, you know. And I think with that sizzle, we're going to get other people watching our sport and learning about our heritage. Sure, um, but it's a fine line, you know. You got to keep that tradition. Oh yeah, oh, but, yeah. But you got to bring them in. So how do you how do you do that? How, that's a tough deal. Well,
1: uh, you know, I I mean, I, I feel like you could answer it five or six ways differently, and they're okay. all. They're all probably right. You know, I mean the the idea of rodeo today, in my opinion, is keeping Western Heritage live. I mean, not to sound cheesy or cliche, but that's the idea of it. I mean, we're we're trying to bring new followers and lovers of the sport in and it's a lot easier to cram it into a two hour performance than to individually give someone a ranch tour of the T K Ranch, you know? Right. Um, and you can see a lot more good stuff at a two hour Performance than you could just driving around our place, you know.
0: Uh, Absolutely, absolutely. I I love that. So when you you bought your first bull, yeah. Do you remember watching your first bull go out and 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 represent your name as your own? You
1: know, they they say riding for the brand, and you know the brand is everything. When you really put your TK brand on something that you know you purchased with your hard earned money, you know you're proud of it. I mean, it's like anybody, you know, when you make that new purchase, you think yours is the the greatest thing that ever happened to you?
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: You know, five years ago or six years ago, you know, we thought really really the best stock contractors around doing the best job. And then two years later, I look back at, you know, what we did. And I thought, gosh, we could have been better at XYZ. And, you know, as I sit here today, I think, man, we're, we've really come a long way. We're doing really good, you know, I'm going to look at this two years from now and say, man, I, I thought we were doing good. Well, you know, but yeah. that's the of any business. I think.
0: Yeah. It's a great progression, you know, is to always try and be better and then recognize where you can be for sure. You know? And, uh, so do you remember, so what was your first rodeo? Like with your stock, your name was on it. Do you remember that? I mean, was that, um, I know it was a highlight part of your business, but, uh, what was that like,
1: you know, uh, I would, highlight a uh, real firm.
0: <laughs> it, was, it was just a part of <laughs>
1: yeah. I mean we'll cool look back it's a, it's a neat milestone but gosh that first one we did it was in Sepulpa, Oklahoma uh, it was the week before the IFR so it's like the first week of January I think it was spitting snow and sleet and ice the barn's not insulated uh, tons of contestants a lot of people came out to support us you know uh, you know, so we were there forever in the cold and, and, you know, it wasn't a crowd. There wasn't, you know, nobody showed up to really watch. Uh, but we got through that first performance and, and I learned more in that, you know, two hour performance than I did the entire time I was at college. You know, I, I learned a lot from that first unsuccessful event, I would say.
0: Oh man, that's awesome, man. I, you know, things like that just make you tougher in your business Business mind, but also in your personal side. You know, you you learn that grit, and you you still did it, even if it was sleet and snowing. And and right. uh, it, it helps with that building por- process.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. Without without it. So thing.
0: so, how do you scale your business? Like you know, we have different business owners on the show, and how are you scaling it, getting bigger while we'll still keep keeping that same consistent quality?
1: So that you know. There's a couple options in place that we have. You know, I I really feel like the the five-state area we have, it's really easy to control. But, you know, with any business, they say when you get comfortable, that means you're not growing, you know. Right. Uh, The next big step is probably to take our our events to the Coliseums in the winter months. You know, in the summer months, there's committees and fairs and festivals that they hire us to come in and do these events. And then in the winter, like, you know, for instance, like the whole month of December, we're really – fixing up the ranch and doing ranch projects and processing calves. And, you know, it's kind of the downtime for us where, you know, if we had a couple of coliseums that we were, you know, hauling dirt into on top of a hockey arena or a basketball court and bringing the rodeo to the big city, that's really the next scalable move, in my opinion.
0: Very cool. Very cool. I love that, man. I love that. And it's going to keep you busy, too. You know, that's a totally different deal. You know, like you say, hauling in dirt and it's a different deal
1: think of you know and you know we have a couple i call them building deals they're not coliseum deals but uh we're doing them in in towns that have uh, a permanent rodeo arena outside and we're going into like gymnasiums or ag buildings and people are like why would you do that when there's an arena outside and i think that we sell as many or more tickets doing rodeos in buildings that don't have rodeos and i think a lot of people want to see just how did you even do that you know yeah but maybe you want to bring dirt and stuff into a, you know, a, a climate controlled, heated building and do this event in the winter. But we found yeah. a lot of there's not as much to compete with. You know, there's not as many events going on in the winter. And so a lot of people come.
0: That's awesome, man. I, I love that because why would they do something else outside when it's that cold? You know, when you control the heat and then the environment, you just take in the dirt and the panels and That's right. then you get to put on the show. I love that, man. Well, when we come back from break, golly, this show is just flying by. I want to talk a little bit more about, you know, changes in rodeo. What do you foresee and up and coming contestants and and uh, also talk a little bit about the ultimate cowboy and some of your other stuff you're working on. Yeah. So, so well, yeah, man, I'm enjoying this so much. And we'll be right back on the Cowboy Entrepreneur Show with Tyler Kijak. Thank you for listening to the Cowboy Entrepreneur Show. Scott will be right back with more. For more information on Scott Knudsen, the Cowboy Entrepreneur, visit us online at cowboyentrepreneur.com. Hi, I'm Scott Knudsen, host of the Cowboy Entrepreneur Show. Heard on KCAA Fridays, 3 p.m. Pacific. I'd like to talk to you about something I'm very passionate about. Those that know me know I love my coffee. In the morning, afternoon, and even late in the evening, I enjoy a good cup of coffee almost any time of the day. Now, my team at the Cowboy Entrepreneur Show has been working for several months on creating and introducing our own brand of coffee. We wanted to make sure that we got it just right. We don't want to put our name on anything unless we're 100% certain that it's the best product available, and we've finally done it. We have created a wonderful line of coffees, 13 fantastic flavors offered in whole bean, ground, and K-cups, any way you like to brew your coffee. Now, each of our coffees carries our brand. The very same brand that we put on our horses, our trailers, and our chaps. So you know that this is a quality product. And we only use 100% Arabica beans, the very best beans available. Just listen to some of these wonderful blends and flavors. Jamaican Me Crazy, Honduran San Marcos, Chocolate Cherry Amaretto, Breakfast Blend, and my very favorite, Haley's Blend. A coffee so good, we named it after my daughter. You can order these coffees today by going online to javacowboy.com. That's javacowboy.com. And if you order today, you can get an extra 10% off your final purchase just by entering the promo code COWBOY on checkout. Remember, that's promo code COWBOY for an extra 10% off. Just go to javacowboy.com to order your coffee today. Hello, I'm Scott Knutson, host of the Cowboy Entrepreneur Show. I want to tell you about a product I've tried and I love and I feel the Cowboy Entrepreneur audience will as well. It's Rebellious Infusions. Rebellious Infusions. There are little packets of flavor and you know, it gets hot in South Texas, over 100 degrees every day and I like my water, but it's water. So I use these infusions, put them in my water. It makes it cold. It's great flavor. Zero sugar, zero calories. It's pure energy infusions, rebellious infusions. Go to drinkrebellious.com or on all social media platforms. Drink Rebellious. Hello and welcome back to the Cowboy Entrepreneur Show. I'm your host Scott Knutson with Tyler Key Jack, founder and president of TK Pro Rodeo. Please look them up on their website, TK Pro Rodeo, and on their social media. Man, there's some great uh, behind-the-scenes pictures and videos, and see what they're up to. It's it's a it's a great. Uh, uh, social media, Facebook pages to follow. And, and, uh, Tyler, thanks for what you're doing for the industry. And and now let's talk a little bit about rodeo. Where do you foresee rodeo going?
1: You know, I I think there's only one way, you know, for it to go. I think it's going to continue to grow. And, and, you know, as the cities start closing in on the, on the, on the country, you know, the cities are getting bigger and bigger, but I think that's just going to feed the rodeos, uh, need really, you know, Uh, I think Mm -hmm. bigger,
0: yeah i I do too and i see a lot of people that never grew up in in dirt you know that are now in rodeo or love rodeo um which is exciting
1: i i agree i agree
0: yeah so so growing up in michigan what was i mean you wouldn't think you know a lot of people don't see michigan there's a lot of rodeos and cowboys but there is and i appreciate you saying that but um i think it's across the country you know and that's what's exciting
1: yeah, no. It's people don't hear Michigan and think that there's a lot of rodeo there. There's a lot of rodeo there. There's not as much ranching as you'd think, you know. And I think it's because there's, you know, the soil is worth so much there. You know, it's it's conglomerated up with farmers and stuff like that, and a lot of dairies. Uh, We're down here, mm. and doesn't you know the the grass isn't as is you know, good down here. And so the land is a little bit cheaper and there's big wide open spaces for guys to start calves. And that's kind of where you get run into the need for a cowboy. You know, I think that's why it's cowboy country here.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, let's talk about the ultimate cowboy. So Uh, with Trace Adkins. So how did, did they find you or did you find them? How'd that work? out? Well,
1: I I had kind of an inside leg. I had a friend that was on the season before me, Cody Brewer, uh, and he was a bull rider and and we went all over Canada together and, and, you know, he made the IFR most of the years that I was there. And, uh, you know, he competed on the first season and he told the producers about me. And of course, you know, they reached out and, and I got to make my debut on season two.
0: That's very cool. So you were on a couple of years, and then you became a producer. Is that yeah, right? Yeah. So
1: well, I was on uh, season two, uh, and then you know I, I was a finalist. I didn't win the show, uh, but I got to be a finalist, and I, I made I made good friends with you know Cash Myers and Buddy the judges, and Trace, uh, and all the producers. You know, we all really hit it off and found some common ground where we all you know got along good. And uh, they asked if I would come back for season three as a producer, and so I
0: okay, I'll
1: design the challenges. I helped give interviews, you know logistics and stuff like that, and uh you know that that was really neat getting to see the behind the scenes of a Hollywood production company you know trying to to fit our way of life into an hour long episode, you know ten episodes at an hour long uh so much goes on behind the scenes to make that stuff happen and uh editing and, you know, making stuff fake, but just being able to tell the the real story and, you know, be able to film them challenges is extremely difficult,
0: you know? Mm -hmm. What surprised you about that, Uh, about putting on the show maybe behind the scenes part? I
1: I think just the amount of of planning and production that truly goes into catching, uh, you know, someone roping a cow in the pasture and tying it down and being able to catch that on video without, you know, seeing cameras and having to say, you have to rope the cow right here. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that planning and stuff that goes into capturing that
0: stuff. Wow, that's so cool, man. Well, do you think, and I'm thinking, you know, um, it would help. But, you know, we were just talking in the second part of the show uh, about the sizzle for rodeo. And you're seeing it on the on the T V side, how to make that production stronger. Do you think some of that's gonna translate into your production your rodeo production?
1: Absolutely. The, you know, those guys are so much further ahead than I was at, you know, you know, being able to see the next step and, and placing a camera there to capture it and stuff like that. And and anybody who's in my line of work that would see that stuff and not utilize it, they're dropping the ball because those guys Mm -hmm. sharp on on that and i feel like that whole way of life you know that's why i see rodeo getting bigger too you know if everybody could come together rodeo could be so much more interesting you know absolutely about the behind the scenes if you could get a production company like that that would follow us around the ranch one time and and see really what it's like to to raise these horses and bulls you know we've been fortunate enough to win Bucking Horse of the Year the last two years and Bucking and Bull of the Year the last four, all with different animals. You know, all the PETA people and, and the animal rights activists, I, I just feel like they're they're misinformed. And if they had a glimpse into our life that they would they would, you know, walk away from the TK ranch and go, gosh, that horse lives like a king, don't
0: he? You know? I love that, man. I love that, you know, and I appreciate you saying that the way we take care of our animals, you know, and, and uh, I mean, they're family, you know, it's the way we make our living and, and you do in your way and I do in my way, but um, it's everything, you know, to take care of them. And, and uh, it's, it's almost like you were saying the old stock contractors, when you rodeo, you watch them to see how they put on the rodeo. And now you're watching these production guys for TV and you're seeing how to put the sizzle in your rodeo. That's right. It, it's neat. The advancement. I- that's really cool. So let, let's talk about your other show, Guts and Glory. Yeah. And uh, what what is that about? Where where can people find
1: that? Uh, you know, so that was, uh, you know, I don't, I'm sure it's the rerun by now maybe, but, you know, it was on INSP as well. And, and it was given one lucky contestant uh, a shot at a million dollars at the American rodeo. You know, uh, you don't have to necessarily be a rodeo fan to have heard about the American. You know, that's the largest one day payout in the history of the sport. And so, uh, mm-hmm. That was a really neat show, and the host there was J.B. Mooney, and so he he gave kind of a a real gritty, a really gritty feel to. Okay. it. Was all or nothing. Second place don't pay nothing. Wow. First or nothing.
0: <laughs> yeah, and and he's right. He's absolutely right. Yeah, and uh, you know, and I I think that was another another show that did a lot for the industry. You know, the Americans so important. It, it's bringing new fans into it because of the money. Uh, you know it's great for the cowboys and cowgirls, but I, I think the new fans they see a million dollars and the TV and and the big dome and Dallas. You know it um, it creates some excitement. Sure,
1: and I, and I think that it's been good. You know, and I, and I don't think that we're quite there yet. But you know, you look at like Patrick Mahomes. You know, what's that guy getting paid to to throw that football? Or you know what you know what was Kobe Bryant's last signing contract? Like them guys are making multiple what? multiple millions. I mean, hundreds of millions of dollars. And so Mm I'm I'm looking forward to the day that the that the rodeo cowboys is is on level playing field there, you know, because they're just as much as everybody else.
0: Absolutely. They're the elite athletes, you know, when you're riding at that level. And uh, it it also helps inspire people that are just starting out to want to get to that level, to have that many zeros on the check, you know. So so let's talk about some of your partners, some that help you get down the road. I think for me, this is important because. What they do for the Western industry and what you do is so um, valuable. But let's talk about some of your partners. Would you mind um, kind of going in? I know it started with Doctor Anderson. Correct.
1: You're 100 percent right. I mean, Harry Anderson. He's been with me when I was putting on goat roping, so I, I'm glad that that we're still a part of Team Total Feeds. There, uh, you know, Curtis and Sheila Chandler. They've been instrumental. Uh, they're they're partners on a lot of horses and bulls that we have. Uh, you know, the Bucking Horse of the Year last year. They were they were on the on the ticket there for them. Uh, awesome. most of our partners now, they're, they're more like family than, a you know, it started as a business relationship, but all of them have pretty well developed into family. Uh, but those kind of people like that, they only come along, you know, once in a lifetime. And, and that's really what takes you to the next level. I feel like,
0: but absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think, um, you know, do you see more and more sponsors and more and more partners getting into the industry um, as far as maybe tire companies and, and different people that maybe we didn't think about 10 years ago?
1: Well, I feel like there's just such a platform, you know, in, in a day's age today where everybody has, you know, their phone in their hand and, and stuff like that. At my rodeos for two hours, I have a sold out crowd's attention. They're eating out of our hand. You know what I mean when we say yeah. that we're
0: feeding the mm-hmm. course of the
1: year total feeds. Number one, it's the truth, and number two, they believe it. You know what I mean. Got yeah. their attention. It's a lot better than a radio ad. Nobody turns you know the the radio on as much as they they did before. But you know, real real interactions in person, I feel like is is where the marketing should be, and uh, you know that in social media. You know.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I'm glad you said that because, you know, when you're telling the crowd this and he's winning the bucking horse of the year, but when they, when they are on Facebook and they look up TK Pro Rodeo and they see you feeding that horse total Feeds, That's right. it's, I mean, but it's our culture too. I mean, you know, we, we do what we say and, and for sure. Um, but it's, it's good to have the video part of it just cause it's just more buy-in.
1: Okay. Well, and we've had a lot of really cool iconic brands. You know, I, I'm, I wore Wrangler before Wrangler, you know, was on our team. But, you know, I'm proud to say that, you know, Wrangler is a huge partner of ours. Uh, You know, Ford trucks, you know, if you guys are going to drive a good truck, go buy a Ford. Uh, And I mean, you know, I mean, they're, they're luxury trucks, you know.
0: Yeah, they are. You know,
1: Dewey's Bale Beds, uh, Max Steel, uh, if you guys are looking for some equipment, Max Steel can get you fixed up, whether it's a bale feeder or or a rope and shoot, you know, they can do it. Uh, Yeah, there's just, there's such a a need for it, you know, in in the industry. And so I I would love for some more partners to want to get involved, not necessarily just with me, but with anybody in the industry.
0: Well, you know, it helps our industry. It helps those rodeo guys, you know, the contestants as far as with payouts, but... Um, the rodeo itself just funnels down to so many other people in, in the, you know, jobs. Yeah, So it really is pulling, pulling uh, a heavy weight for sure. Um, you know, it, it, all that matters for sure. So, so what do you see? It, let's talk contestants. Um, we've talked a little bit about being kind of scattered across the country. and all. What, what do you see in your rodeos? Are you seeing more agricultural kids still? Or are you seeing more of the, maybe grew up in the city? Um, maybe I've uh, never ridden before. Yeah,
1: I, I'm seeing a lot more, you know, it's sad, I feel like. And, and I'm not old enough to be able to say, you know, the last generation, and you know, these kids today aren't as tough as the generations before. But I'm seeing a lot of uh, teenage to early 20-year-old guys that they want to be in this sport, but they don't know how. And it can be so intimidating. Where like basketball, it, it's, it'd be pretty simple to go and figure out how to get on a, a team around Around you, you know, or play high school basketball, but
0: right, right, or to
1: just try to pop into and say, I don't know anything about it, I don't know what gear I need, I don't know where to go, I know it's really dangerous or can be dangerous. Uh, I want to be a part of it. I mean, it's just a, it's an intimidating, overwhelming uh, sport to want to be a part of, and I feel like there needs to be an easier uh, avenue to these schools and these clinics to get kids and parents involved, you know, and I think the younger. The are the better advantage you have, but there's no no better time than now.
0: Yeah, I, I agree 100%. I think the on-ramp into not only rodeo, but to the Western industry is tough. You know, it's for so long it was generational and you just kind of grew up in it and it was part of it, um, which is awesome. But we need other people too. We need to keep growing just like your business, you know, just like my business is part of it. And we got to have the on-ramp where it's easy, you, there's a path, You know whether it's internship or whatever it is to get there um because basketball you can get picked up and go do something that's right um but go ride bulls for a living it's kind of it's a different different yeah they sell a
1: basketball at every walmart in the country you know they don't they don't yeah rope or a bull rope you know at any of them
0: yeah we got to change that
1: (laughs) i'm going to talk to whoever's in charge of walmart
0: (laughs) yeah go see walton go tell him hang some ropes up man do something Goodness gracious! So, so what's next for you? I know we got the holidays coming up, and in, in, in January we're back on the road. So, so what do you do as the owner of a company, a rodeo stock contracting company?
1: You know, right now is, is maintenance and equipment, taking care of the stock that is that has made the rodeo company successful. Uh, a lot of relationship stuff right now, and logistics for next year. You know, getting the the personnel hired, the correct announcer, clown, bullfighters, pickup men, judges, arena crew for 30 plus rodeos next year a lot of phone calls uh, you know and then enjoying the holidays with my family
0: I love that man and and I know you kind of glossed over you said over 30 you know when you figure there's only 52 weeks man that's really keeping you on the road and and uh, a busy schedule man but what a blessing fortunate Absolutely. Well, Tyler, thank you so much for being on the Cowboy Entrepreneur Show. I appreciate your stories. I appreciate what you and, and the company's doing for, for uh, the Western sports and, and, man, continued success. Thank
1: you. Thanks so much for having me.
0: Absolutely. And thank you for watching and listening to the Cowboy Entrepreneur Show. Thank you to all the great sponsors of the Cowboy Entrepreneur Show. If you or your business is interested in being a sponsor of the Cowboy Entrepreneur Show, please call our office at 830-992-1786 or visit our website, cowboyentrepreneur.com.